You're listening to Prevailing Word Ministries on the Prevailing Word Podcast channel. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. Today's message is what's in store for 2024. And this is part two. Let's get right into today's message. Uh, please open up your Bibles to the book of uh, John chapter 16 and verse 13. Of course, you'll be following along on our page for those of you that can see the screen on your entire computer. If not, uh, if you have your Bible app, uh, you can turn to uh, the book of John chapter 16 and verse 13. And today's message is what's in store for 2024. And this is part two. The book of John uh, chapter uh, 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he, meaning the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, just before we uh, get into the message, of course, there's a lot that has been going on, as you can see, with uh, William Murphy and uh, with uh, T.D. Jakes and uh, Mike Bickle. A whole lot is going on. And uh, we shouldn't be surprised at these events that are taking place because uh, God is about uh, truth and exposing those who perhaps aren't of the truth, or at least if they're in the body of Christ, they should be participating in the truth. Now, one of the things that I begin to notice is that when you have to go on the Internet and begin to explain the fact that somebody is bringing allegations and you're you're you know that these things are happening and you you attempt to cover it cover it over or smooth it over doesn't bode well with the spirit of god that only tells me one thing that you basically doesn't have a fear of god now the jury is out in terms of the allegation with td jakes we have yet to see uh, concrete evidence right now it's just in an allegory situation where people are bringing in uh, statements saying that this is happening. However, we do have uh, pictures and known participants that were there at P. Diddy's uh, parties. And and there is allegations that have been come out that he's been doing P. Diddy, that, of course, sexual immorality in these parties. Uh, now, there has been accusations that uh, T.D. Jakes has been participating in these parties on a sexual level. Uh, we only have accusations. We don't have concrete proof. So we have yet to see uh, anything concrete uh, come of these things. Uh, if you're going to be accused of something, let the accusers come, but at least have a chance to acute uh, face your accusers. Now, one thing I will say about uh, this, that if it is slander, if it is individuals that are bringing allegations, uh, then uh, you will bring a suit against them, a law, a lawsuit against them so that way they can prove or be shown that they are liars as to their accusations. So we have yet to see all this play out with TD Jakes, but that's that's for another thing. Uh, as far as Mike Bickle is concerned, is concerned, we know that he has uh, confessed on the, an email saying that he has participated in inappropriate behavior. Uh, slash for those that know their Bible, it is adultery. It is sexual immorality. So uh, the uh, uh, elder leadership team or the executive leadership team at IHOP 
is going through a process and they've been covering this up and has been exposed that they have been covering this up for quite some time. And then when it all came out, it unraveled. So now you have individuals on the executive leadership team that uh, is resigning because they know that if they are uh, investigated and uh, if the truth comes out that they were participants in a cover up, then it, it appears very bad for those who have participated in such activity. Uh, as far as uh, uh, Michael, uh, as far as William Murphy is concerned, well, there's a whole different ball game there. Now we're having a bishop that claims to be a preacher in, uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and had brought in a DJ to play worldly music during, uh, during a, a time in which uh, it's supposed to be a, ho a holy time where you bring in the new year on, on in the place of holiness. And all of a sudden you find worldly activity going on that is unprecedented. And then uh, William Murphy goes on the Internet to try to smooth it out. And he used this kind of uh, wording that only underscores the fact that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is there, but he is not willing to submit to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's been saying that if you, we had 150 souls saved that night, well, if you look closely at the uh, videotape, uh, you will see that uh, that at the end of the service that uh, there was less than, way less than 150 people coming to get saved. Now, we don't discount the fact that he may have said that 150 people got saved. You don't have to come up to the uh, altar, so to speak. We don't do altar calls because the Bible doesn't uh, show us altar calls. Uh, 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 you, people in the audience could have gotten saved, so we can't really discount that. We really don't know. Uh, even in the midst of a worldly activity, uh, the Spirit of God can move, but it's highly suspect and highly unlikely. So we have to be very careful uh, with that. Uh, so um, what's been happening is that uh, William Murphy has been using the uh, Internet uh, to uh, explain his um, uh, his his uh, usage of the uh, walk it out, if you will. And he also uh, said that th uh, three people uh, that people will have. Three houses. Now, this is Atlanta, Georgia, and this is a time of economic downturn that that is unprecedented. And usually when you see an economic downturn and prices are high and things of that nature, you got to understand that the nation is under judgment. And, and so if we're complaining about the uh, the illegals coming across the border, uh, if we're complaining about high prices in terms of rent and, and, and groceries and gas and, and things of that nature, it's the judgment of God upon the United States. And, and so uh, if it's anything other than that, <laughs> we're missing the boat here. But let's be clear about it. Whenever you see the children of Israel judged, God would bring famine. He would bring pestilence. He would bring judgment on the children of Israel because they weren't walking in the word of God. And so as a result of them not obeying the scriptures, not obeying the word of God, judgment was brought forth in the land. And as a result, they are experiencing hardship. And the purpose of all that is so that people would turn to the Lord and repent of their sin and place faith on Christ alone. That's the whole purpose of, of the judgment that 
we're experiencing here in the United States. So William Murphy is trying to smooth it over and then he goes on a worldly uh, uh, a show uh, and try to uh, smooth over the fact that the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction uh, over what he had done. Now, if William Murphy was of the Lord and if he's a child of God, he would repent on the spot. But whenever you're trying to hold on to something that is not of God and when you're trying to uh, uh, grasp things that are not of God and try to keep them and call it God, God is going to bring swift judgment upon this situation. He's going to expose it. That's the first thing that he does. He exposes it. And then if you continue to insist on uh, doing these things, then he brings judgment. And next thing you know, it's a bad situation all around, not just for William Murphy, but those that are in uh, the dream center, if you will. So we have to be very careful about this. So what else are we seeing? What uh, You know what else we're seeing? We're seeing a separation of the goats from the sheep. Now, if you want to use an acronym, acronym for goats, some may say greatest of all time. And we're not using that acronym because that doesn't fit in this situation. Actually, gross of all time. When you're in sin, it's gross. It's gross before God and it is displeasing. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. The books of the book of Romans uh, chapter eight tells us. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. So we're seeing a continual separation of the goats from the sheep. And if you want to look at uh, the book of Matthew, chapter uh, uh, 25, uh, it gives very good, uh, a very good uh, uh, action that the Lord will take at the time that people are standing or nations are standing before him in judgment. Here in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, look at verse 31. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the, on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now you can read the rest of that passage on your own, because that's in the book of Matthew chapter 25, and I've read verses 31 through 33. So the Lord is going to show us, the Holy Spirit is going to show us things to come. Now, as we started out in, in uh, last week's message, everyone wants to know what's going on, uh, what's going on and what's going to happen after the new year starts. And the Bible tells us exactly what's going to happen. We don't know specifically who the players are until the events happen, but we know how the players will play unless they repent and come to Christ. False prophets, false prophets, uh, false apostles, prophets, teachers, bishops, and preachers are running from conviction. Does uh, one have to bring a lawsuit uh, against another for slander? No, because that's what you know. most people will say. Well, he should bring a lawsuit. T.D. Jake should bring a lawsuit. Well, it doesn't have to happen that way. He doesn't have to bring a lawsuit. Uh, but if, if he does, then it bodes well for the fact that he may have evidence on his side that that the ones that are bringing this slander are liars and that he's telling the truth. It could help in that regard. But an individual, when you go to trial, you don't prove your innocence. It is the prosecution's job to prove that you're guilty beyond a reasonable doubt on a criminal standard. 
But on civil standard, you have preponderance of the evidence, meaning that it's more likely than not. So if he was to bring a slander case against these individuals, it would be in a civil situation. And so now you're dealing with preponderance of evidence, meaning more likely than not. So I don't know if he wants to go that way, but if it were me and individuals brought slandered against me, I have the option of taking them to court and, and suing them for money because they said something of me that is not true. I have that option. Or I can just simply say, Lord, I thank you that you oversee this and I ask you to overlook this and I ask you and, and I forgive them and I pray that this, that you will not hold it against them. Let the Lord deal with it. Let your heart and your conscience be clear about it. All right. So dealing with that, that's how you, you how, how I would deal with it. I wouldn't take them to court. I wouldn't spend money. I would simply say, Lord, you see this. I forgive them. I release this from them. And, and 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 whatever you do, that's 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 how you handle it based on what your word says. All right. So does one have to bring a lawsuit against another for slander? Nope. In the end, the truth will be exposed. The truth will come out. Why would the world come out against their own? Well, it's simple. The world knows who are the players. They know exactly who plays in this game because they know how the game is played. And they are just letting us all know that it's a double standard that's operating. Now, another thing that we have to point out is that William Murphy said, I feel judged in that in that uh, New Year's Eve uh, tape because he had said something that that uh, was clearly uh, against scripture. And then he says, I feel judged. Well, he didn't recognize that the Holy Spirit was there convicting him of what he said and brought into the hearts of people. And that's the thing that you have to be very careful. You see, if you're sensitive to the Spirit of God and you're sensitive to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will convict you when you know that you have erred in the Scriptures. In fact, in the book of John, chapter 6 and verse 8, we, we find this passage. And, and, and when He has come, meaning the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the conviction was there. The thing is, is that uh, he suppressed it. Uh, the, the Bible does tell us in the book of uh, Romans uh, chapter 1 and verse 18, which we'll probably see in, in a little while. Uh, uh, that uh, that the world is under strong conviction and they know this. And so uh, Romans 1 18 tells tells us very clearly that these individuals, uh, uh, if you allow me, I, I'm going to type it in and pull it up because uh, we do need this. We, we do need to see uh, the, the scripture word for word. So that way I won't get it messed up. And uh, there it is. All right. So now. It says here in uh, Romans chapter one, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And what do, do they do who suppress the truth in unrighteousness? Why? Because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. So if it's manifest in in them, the conviction is going to come. Now, you do not have to be a believer for conviction to come. You can be an individual that is not saved and the conviction still comes. 
And so with William Murphy and all the other individuals that are participating in sin, Romans chapter one, verses 18 through 19 is very clear. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress to, to suppress means to hold down. In other words, I don't want this thing to rise up because if it rises up, then I, I have to do one of two things with it. I have to continue to suppress or I have to repent. One of the two things are going to happen. So what do they do? They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And why is the reason behind it? Because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed shown it to them. So uh, for, for William Murphy to say, I feel convicted, there's hope because why? Second uh, Peter, second Peter, chapter three and, and verses nine, verse nine tells us uh, the middle portion says that he is long suffering towards us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We don't want to see him judged. We don't want to see him die and go to hell either. Anybody that does doesn't have the love of God on the inside of them. We want to see these individuals repent and, 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 and come to Christ and be born again and refrain from activities of the world. And that's the thing that we're seeing out there in the world that is evident. It is the thing that the spirit of God is showing us that is happening. And, and so uh, we don't want William Murphy to be judged. We want him to repent as a result of the conviction and to come to Christ and lay aside the things of the world and live a holy, godly life. So they're going to suppress uh, the, the truth. Why? Because it's manifest in them and, and God has shown it to them. Now, why is why is it in them? Why is it manifest in them? Look at Romans chapter two and uh, of verse 15 who show the work of the law written in their hearts. What law? If you're saying, well, we're not under the law, but under grace, the Bible does say that we're not under the law, but under grace. That's true. There's no question about that. However, there is another law that is working in your conscience, and that is the law of sin and death. That is if you're in the world. But you see, if you're in Christ, you operate under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made you free from the law of sin and death. But nonetheless, there is a law that is working in your conscience. So notice what it says here in verse 15, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men's heart of men, secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel in that in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. So the secrets that are in William's heart, they will be judged on the day in which the judgment day will take place. But notice that the word conscience is used. Uh, now, in the uh, Webster's Dictionary, the word conscience is a compound word, uh, con meaning uh, with and, and science meaning knowledge. So our spirit man is with knowledge. This law is working on the inside of the heart. It's manifest in them. And so all of those individuals that that came up to the stage and I don't want to call it an altar because it, when you're doing something of the world, it, it can be called the altar of Satan. So but nonetheless, if you if you're coming up to that empty space in front of the stage and you're dancing to worldly music and you're calling it of God, that's not God. 
That's that's not the Holy Spirit. The word doesn't confirm this. The word doesn't affirm this. The word is against it. And that's why the conviction of the Holy Spirit was there and present because they were trying to bring something unholy uh, to a place that is holy. Now, uh, he also said this. He said in in, uh, in an interview on on a, on a on a program, he said, "I am all things to all men. I'm trying to be all things to all men. I'm trying to win the culture to Christ." But you see, here's the thing that you have to understand about using that scripture. You have to read it in its contextual state because you can take that one verse of scripture and it's called eisegesis, where you isolate the scripture to make your own narrative or your own interpretation. Remember what it says in second Peter chapter uh, one, second uh, Peter chapter two, rather where it says that uh, uh, that no scriptures of private interpretation. Uh, and, and so you don't get to make a private interpretation of, of, the, of the scriptures. You don't get to do that. Uh, the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the spirit of God. So you don't take something of this, uh, a scripture to try to, to push a private interpretation that's incorrect uh, exegesis of the scripture. You're not expounding the scripture in its place. And that's what you find with false prophets, false apostles, false teachers, and so forth. They'll take a, a verse of scripture and isolate it to, to, uh, to uh, preach a narrative to try to win disciples to themselves and not to God. And as a result, you're twisting scripture, as the Bible tells us in the book of Second Peter chapter 3. So all things to all men doesn't mean you become a thief to win thieves. It doesn't mean you become an adulterer or a homosexual to win adulterers or homosexuals, or you don't dance to worldly music to win the world uh, that danced to worldly music. You just don't do that. And, and here's the text. So let's let's look at the text here. Um, here in uh, the book of first Corinthians, chapter six, look at verse 19. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew. Now, wait a minute. Didn't Paul say in the book of Philippians chapter uh, chapter two that he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews uh, of, uh, of, of the religion or the law of Pharisee? Didn't he say that? Well, well, what is he saying here? You see, to the Jews that he was preaching to in the synagogues, he was appearing as a Jew so that way they can accept him. And, and then as as he's accepted, then that gives an open door for him to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to agree with what the Jews are doing in terms of the law, in terms of their own traditions and things of that nature. No, no, no. He was doing it so that way he would be accepted by them. And then it would turn into an opportunity to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So in verse 20, it says, and to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. Now, again, you got to read the, the whole scripture. You just can't read a portion of scripture and just say, well, I got, I got to be some to be to win some. No, no, no. Let's read. Let's let's use the entire context of the scripture. Don't be lazy with the scriptures. And that's what uh, tends to happen. That's why over over a period of time uh, you've been noticing that I've been reading entire texts 
So so that way you will see the text as it is flowing in harmony with the with the scriptures. So uh, in the latter portion of verse 20, to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without law as without law. Now, watch what is in parentheses here, because this is the context that it is that it is supposed to be taken, not being without law toward God. In other words, you don't put the, the law of God down just because uh, uh, you, you want to be acceptable by the word, because that's the way the world wants you to respond to them. They don't want God in all of this. All they want to do is to be able to 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 get away with everything out there that in the world and that you accept them because by you accepting them, it is an indication to them that, hey, God accepts us. And that's not how the way it works. When we bring the scriptures to bear, we don't lay down the law of God. We don't lay down the word of God. We don't lay down the gospel so that we can just be accepted into their party, if you will, or accepted in, into their camp, if you will. And, and, and everything is nice and rosy. No, you, you, you're, you're setting up so that way once they they see that, hey, you know, everything's nice. You can bring them the gospel. You can bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. But but isn't that false pretext? No, it isn't, because, see, they've accepted you already. You're, you're already already in their camp. So now that you're there on their stage and on their camp, now you can present the gospel to them. And, and so now look at this again in parentheses in, in verse 21 here of, of First Corinthians uh, uh, chapter uh, nine. Look, at, look at here, it says uh, to uh, not being without law toward God, but under law, under law toward Christ. You see, it's an opportunity to bring Christ into this. You just don't, you just don't say, well, we're trying to win culture and bring culture to Christ without giving them the gospel of Christ. And that's what William Murphy has done. He tried to bring a, 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 a false gospel without preaching the true gospel, because if you preach the true gospel, it's going to bring conviction even on your own soul. And that's, that's what I find amazing uh, when I'm out preaching the word of God on the street corners and what and whatnot. Uh, and, and that is that if I'm preaching this word, my heart better be right. I better be under this strong conviction of the Holy Spirit in terms of the word of God, because if you're a hypocrite, if you're an individual that preaches the word of God and you're not living the way that the word of God tells you, you're a hypocrite. You're a play actor. You're an individual that is false. In other words, you're perpetrating a fraud and you don't want to do that because it'll be just like what in Acts 19 we see with the seven sons of Sceva. They said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know why. Well, before that, they said, we cast you out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. So the spirit says, Jesus, I know Paul, I know, but who are you? And, and so if you're an imposter, the devils are like saying, who are you? And, and the world's are saying, who are you? It's just like we're casting out demons. When you're dealing with casting out demons out of individuals, guess what? You better be clean because if there's familiar spirits around, they're going to tell about your sin that you committed last night, the watching of porn and, and sexual immorality and things of that. They're going to rat you out. And, and, and you don't want that ha to happen. Why? Because of the testimony of Christ. You don't want his name to be blasphemed by the world. So now look at this uh, in parentheses again, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ 
that I may win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have uh, become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. He does this for the gospel's sake. And that's very, very important that we do not surrender the gospel. We do not do not lay aside the gospel because we want to be accepted by the world. And that's it. No, we want to have an opportunity to be used by the Lord in that moment to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. So you have to be very careful, very careful of uh, that portion of scripture. So. The believers wanted to know before uh, beforehand if the Lord would restore Israel. The answer was yes, but you don't know the time or the season. Now, what I'm doing is, is getting back on course in terms of the, of the message here, in terms of what's going to happen or, or what's in store for 2024. So we need to look at the pattern of, of things that are to come because the Bible does tell us what things are to come uh, in 2024. In fact, nobody really prophesied uh, or or, or uh, told us in advance the earthquake that was going to happen in Japan, which was 7.5, 7.6. Nobody told us in advance of the earthquake that happened in Queensboro in New York. Nobody told us of the earthquakes that took place in Texas. Now, I'm watching this individual uh, Dutch since. And uh, he is a, a, a forecaster of earthquakes. So he, he has it down pretty much to a science and he's pretty much on point with this. He's, he's not a fluke. He's not a fraud or anything like that. Now, it is, is it possible to forecast uh, uh, earthquakes? Well, according to what he's been doing, he's been very successful at this. So successful that, that, that they shut him down. I mean, they took him offline. They even took down, went into his VPN and took him down and shut him down because he was completely accurate with his forecasts. Nonetheless, I'm talking about false prophets now, false teachers and, and individuals that want to know things that are going to happen before before it happens. Well, there was an earthquake that happened that nobody forecast ahead of time in terms of being a, in the spirit of God. Nobody really said anything. But the Bible tells us that earthquakes are going to happen. <laughs> That's all we need to know about earthquakes, that the Bible tells us that they're going to happen. And, and, and so uh, this is this is uh, uh, something that we need to uh, zero in on in terms of there is a pattern in the scriptures that show us things to come. And they're all in the scriptures. Now, do we know specifically? No, we don't. Do we know the times or the seasons? No, we don't. In fact, Jesus told the disciples here in the book of Acts, chapter one, uh, beginning at verse four. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to him to them. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. So Jesus answered the question about Israel being restored, but he did not tell them when it would happen. Why? Because he says here, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. 
but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, get busy about doing the will of God here for now. But when the but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, the thing that's happening in Gaza, a whole lot of people want to know, well, why didn't God tell us something about Gaza? And then, no, these are part of the times and seasons that we know not of. This is part of the fact that we're on a collision course to the restoration of Israel. And, and so, uh, as I've uh, stated in the past, that this probably, and I don't know, I could be wrong, uh, the clearing out of Hamas in Gaza could be the complete subduing of the uh, terrorist organ organization Hamas, which may eventually, eventually lead to the building of the temple on the Temple Mount where the Dome of the Rock is. Now, is it conclusive? No, we don't know. We don't know what other events within the time and seasons that will take place that will lead up to the event of the uh, temple on the Temple Mount being built. But one thing that you can rest assured of is that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is the prime minister of Israel, said this. And it's very important that we understand what, what he said ab about this, because he said this. He said that uh, as far as Israel is concerned, uh, this is Amalek taking place. This is Amalek. Now, if you, if you recall anything about Amalek, remember when the children of Israel was about to enter into the promised land and at the tail end of the uh, of the uh, the uh, procession of leading uh, the children of Israel out, that Amalek came out and, and, and hurt the elderly, the sick and the weak and the children. And God said that I will have war with Amalek forever. And then then we get when you get to first uh, Samuel chapter uh, 15, we see that God was at the conclusion of finishing Am Amalek. But Saul failed in his responsibility to take out Amalek and the king. Uh, but uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said something like this. He said, remember Amalek. And, and so he went Bible on these people. He, and, he, and he was saying that uh, in a nutshell that I'm going to destroy Hamas like we destroyed Amalek. And, and, and so there's no question about what's happening. And the children of Israel in the land of Egypt, uh, excuse me, in the land of uh, Gaza has experienced great success in Gaza, almost to the point where this will happen continuously for the next few months because Hamas is still firing rockets. And there are uh, individuals that are saying, well, if Hamas is still firing rockets. Then that means that Israel is losing a whole lot of people. But up to this point, uh, the, the leaders that that uh, uh, were killing Jews, the twelve hundred to fourteen hundred Jews on October 7th. Nobody really talks about October 7th. They all talk about that, that Israel is committing genocide against uh, the Palestinians. Nobody talks about October 7th. But nonetheless, uh, 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 the, the, the Israelites are having tremendous success, even though Hamas is still firing rockets against Hamas and hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of Hamas is being killed. And these are pretty well trained individuals that are being killed in battle. The other thing that you have to underscore is that since October 7th up until this time, there has only been and we mourn for one loss, but. Uh, there's only been 200 Israeli soldiers that were killed since they uh, initiated this operation against Hamas. And, and so uh, this is tremendous success, so much successful that even in the north with uh, Hezbollah, 
uh, in terms of the Lebanese border, Hezbollah is withdrawing their troops. Now, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but from what we, what the Israelites can see, they're seeing that Hezbollah is withdrawing their troops uh, from the northern regions of, Hez- of, of uh, Lebanon uh, across the border into Israel because they see the success that is happening in Gaza. So they don't want a large-scale war with Israel because if they do, they're going to be wiped out just like Hamas is being wiped out. So it has yet to be confirmed as far as the northern tier of uh, uh, Lebanon with Hezbollah and Israel. But also in Syria, there has been critical strikes against uh, Syria, which have Iranian fighters in Syria attempting to go through the Gaza to attack it through the uh, Golan Heights, not Gaza, Golan Heights to attack Israel. And there, and Israel ex- is experiencing great success in those uh, theaters of operation. So these these events are only a precursor of, of the events that will take place shortly. So uh, uh, so the times and the seasons, the Lord uh, said, you, we, the Lord doesn't want you to know this. But as far as the, the uh, establishment of Israel is concerned, that will take place because we do have scripture along those lines. Now, uh, the definition for the word times is this. It's not for you to know the times. It is the Greek word chronos, which designates a fixed or special occasion. And then Jesus said seasons, a set or proper time, a set or proper time. So it's not for the children of Israel at that particular time to know the times or seasons, excuse me, that the father has set in his own hand. But as far as Israel being restored, there's plenty of scripture for them to see this, that it will happen here in the book of Jeremiah chapter 16, beginning at verse 14. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said. The Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. So it, we see that in scripture that the, the, the nation of Israel will uh, one day be restored. We also see uh, in the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter uh, uh, 23, we also see in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23, uh, another fulfillment of, of this. Uh, look at uh, verse 7 if we're going to start there verse 7 says this therefore behold the days are coming says the Lord that they shall no longer say as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them and they shall dwell in their own land. So we see a similar scripture that we read out of Jeremiah 16 and verse 14. The same scripture is read in Jeremiah 23 and verse 7. Now we see this in the book of Ezekiel chapter 11, beginning at verse 14. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, your brethren, your relatives, your countrymen, and all the house of Israel in its entirety are those about whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get far away from the Lord. This land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet I shall be, 
Yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Now, have you noticed that throughout the world, uh, there are uh, synagogues throughout the whole world, but the temple is in Jerusalem. But even in uh, Israel, in, in surrounding uh, portions of Israel, especially Galilee and, and Samaria and, th- and Judea, there are synagogues. But, but here the Lord is talking about among the countries that they were scattered. Yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore, says thus that thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Now, notice that the Lord said this. I will give you the land of Israel. It's not called Palestine. The Lord always called that land the land of Israel. It is not Palestine. So if anybody tells you that it is called Palestine, even your Bible commentaries and your books and references or things of that nature, error, error. You do not have to be a Bible scholar and have a doctorate behind your name to point out the error that these commentaries are pointing out. It's not Palestine. It is Israel. It is Israel. So uh, get out of the habit if you got a habit of calling them Palestines. So the only reason why you're you're saying that it is called the, the land of Palestine is simply this. You want to look smart in front of people. Well, you're not. The Lord is smart and he called the name Israel. So call the land Israel and don't follow in the steps of the commentaries that are out there. Also in the book of Daniel, chapter nine and verse 20, which we read on several occasions. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the, and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined. So where we get the 70 weeks woman, if you were to go back into the top of uh, uh, chapter nine, uh, chapter nine and verse one, you will see that Jeremiah had mentioned the prophecy about 70 years. So the 70 years have been also used as a term for 70 weeks. So here in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the prince, until Messiah, the prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So if you were to add 77 weeks and 62 weeks, that's 69. So that leaves one week left. During this one week will be the time of the tribulation. A lot of people don't like to call it that because Jesus called it the great tribulation, which will take place in the middle of the week, which will which we have studied out on numerous occasions. Nonetheless, the street shall be built again and the wall even in trouble sometimes. So uh, uh, when we when we see that this is taking place, Israel will be restored, but they will be restored after 
the second half of the tribulation period, which is three and a half years, which is the second half of the tribulation period. But nonetheless, the children of Israel will be restored. And then if you would go into the book of Daniel chapter 12, beginning at verse one, at that time, Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, even uh, rather everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the water waters of the river? How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for time times and half a time. So just in case you don't know what time times and half a time is time is one times is two half a time is uh, is a half of a of a of a year if you will or a week or a year we'll just put it as it says in terms of bible prophecy parlance that is three years so time is one times is two so that's three and then half a time is half a year so three and a half years which in many places in the book of Revelation and also in the book of Daniel chapter seven, and we see that time times and half a time is 1,260 days according to the Jewish lunar calendar. And it is also known as 42 months. So that's three and a half years. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? What shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. Now, I want to go back up here in uh, in the latter portion of verse seven, where it says, and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, when shall the the power of the holy people be completely shattered? Remember what Jesus prophesied in the book of uh, Luke chapter uh, 21, that when you see the, the, the city of Jerusalem surrounded, that's the, the battle of Armageddon. Now, there's a whole lot of confusion about Armageddon. I get it. Many people will say, well, wait a minute. That's not the, the last battle and, and all that. Look, if we're in Christ and the rapture happens, it's not going to matter. Nonetheless, we ought to read and understand some things about what's going to happen in the, in the latter days as far as what's going to take place in the latter days. The, t- the children of Israel will be shattered, but they will be restored. Why? Because in Revelation chapter 19, the Lord Jesus Christ returns with his saints, meaning us, 
and we're going to be used by the Lord Jesus as he sees fit. But the Lord will destroy those individuals that come up against Jerusalem. And then for a thousand years, he Jesus will reign upon the throne. And guess what? According to Ezekiel 40, uh, uh, which starts there, we will be in the fourth millennial temple that will be built after the destruction of the temple, the third temple that must take place. So the children of Israel will be restored, but it's going to be a while. So we have to go through the process of times and seasons. So again, in uh, verse eight now, although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. Folks, we haven't seen wickedness on a, on a large scale yet, but the wicked will do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Those of us that are wise, we're going to understand those of us that are in the body of Christ, but also those that are wise in Israel. In other words, those individuals that are Messianic Jews that follow the gospel, the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, they too will understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, which is in the middle of the week, which of course, if you want to go back and study, this is Daniel chapter nine and verse 27. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, which Jesus pointed out in the book of Matthew chapter uh, 24 and verse 15. And when you see the abomination of desolation, uh, uh, the, the uh, standing in the holy place, uh, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place. Let him who understand, let him let him read, let him understand. This is the abomination of desolation that Jesus is speaking of. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days, which is only uh, a few days after the 1,260 days. So if you might, if you might, subtract 1,290 days from 1,260 days, that's 30 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But go your way, Daniel, but go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of days. So uh, the children of Israel b- will be res- restored. Now, when you t- when you talk about the last days, he was speaking of in the book of Hebrews, chapter one. Look at verse one. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. So when Jesus came upon the earth in his first coming, it was the beginning of the last days. No question about it has in these last days spoken to us by who his son. So when did his son speak? His son spoke on the day in which his ministry ministry began when he was age 30 when he be, when he began to preach the word of god the last days started right there what was the first thing that jesus preached well in the book of matthew chapter 4 and verse 17 jesus said this repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand which is exactly the gospel of jesus christ in fact the book of uh, mark chapter 1 and i believe verse 15 says 
repent and believe in the gospel. So uh, there's no uh, reason why we shouldn't say the same thing. Those of us who are preaching out there in the streets and, and witnessing to people repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And you begin to explain to people the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we uh, uh, present the gospel. Not this other stuff that you got. God got a plan for your life. God got a purpose for your life. God is going to make you rich. God is going to do this and that. No, 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 no. Get people to see that they need the gospel. And the way that you do that is by telling them that the, that you're in sin. And if you die in your sins, you will not make it into heaven. So don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And then we have Romans chapter 9 and, and chapter 10, which speaks uh, of the further restoration of the children of Israel, which uh, we, we won't get into uh, uh, in, in detail. But we'll we'll go down into uh, chapter 10 uh, on your on your spare time. Read chapter 9 and read it in its entirety. But when you get down into chapter 10, we see that this is Paul's prayer about Israel. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. On fire for God, but their kind of God. In other words, violating the first and the second commandments in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 and 4. That you shall have no other God before me, that you shall not make a graven image of, of anything. And, and so the kind of God that they want to have is the kind of God that will accept their sins, exchanging the commandments of God for the tradition of men. And that's what we have, too, here in the church. We have people that want to change the, the righteousness of God into their own kind of righteousness while living in sin at the same time. And it's clearly unacceptable. But they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes for Moses writes about the righteousness, which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. In other words, does the law shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. In other words, who will not tell God to send somebody into heaven to get us the word? That is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss? Who's going to bring up the word of God to us? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And this is where we find the false preachers and teachers, teachers about word of faith uh, theology, which is a false gospel. It's a false doctrine because they misuse or misapply uh, this text of scripture. Because see, notice that when they use the, uh, that is the word of faith, which we preach, they never explain verses one through seven about this text. They always eisegese. In other words, they isolate the text and try to make a narrative out of a doctrine that doesn't exist, which is another gospel that Paul talks of in the book of Galatians chapter one and verses six through nine. And so don't isolate this. Keep it in the contextual findings of the scripture. Keep it within the harmony of the scriptures. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, 
the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is what he's saying to the Jews to do. This is what he's saying to the Jews to do, that if you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Anybody out there in the world can say, yes, I believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. But you see, nothing happened on the inside of them. In other words, there was no conviction of of the scriptures brought to bear to see the necessity of calling him Lord. And that's the kind of, of God that they want. They don't want they don't want a God that brings the conviction of sin on the inside of them. So that way they would repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's very important that we stay within the contextual boundaries of the scriptures. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter uh, 24, look at verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. In other words, they were carrying about life as if nothing was really going on. It's all the same. Nothing's going to happen. But wait a minute. You're being lulled to sleep by participating in the activities of the world. And see, the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. And, and then Jesus said, he will take of mine and show it to you. Well, what is of the Lord? This this word right here, that the hearts of the people will be dulled by the activities of the world that they're participating in. Those are things to come. And those are things that we're seeing presently each and every single day. Verse 39, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the son of man be. And, and, and see, we're on the edge. We're on the cusp of the coming of the Son of Man. But what are the things that will take place before then? Well, here we're going to find find uh, another amen scripture of this in the book of First uh, uh, Peter, a uh, Second Peter, chapter three, uh, beginning at uh, verse number uh, one. Let's start there. Beloved, now I write to you the second epistle or letter in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, meaning the original 12 apostles of the Lamb, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last day. What are scoffers? Scoffers are mockers, individuals that 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 make fun of the scriptures, make fun of the word of God, make fun of preachers, make fun of true preachers, rather, and fun of believers, true believers. They will come when in the last days, according, walking according to their own lust. You see, those are things to come that we're now seeing today, that in the last days, they're walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Well, you guys talk about the coming of the Lord all the time. Well, where is he? Where is he now? Well, they're going to mock this. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And eh, nothing happening. Nothing. The Lord ain't coming. Everything is staying the same. It's been happening ever since the beginning of creation. But watch this. For this they willingly forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But, but what is this? 
Noah's flood. We're reminded of what Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 24. And this is what Peter is reminding us in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3. So a lot of people are going to mock. And so we're seeing this on a regular basis. We're seeing people mock. So what are the things that we're going to see that are yet to come that that presently are happening right now, but are yet to come? Number one, there there are uh, 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 10 things that we'll see here. False Christ and false prophets. Wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, persecution, more false prophets, lawlessness, and more of the true preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are the things that are happening now that have been happening for the last 2000 years and that are before us even today. And so if you want to know what are the things to come, Let's backtrack and look at all of these things that we see here. These 10 signs that are before us are happening. And so uh, if you want to know, get an advance warning, go back to the scriptures. You want to know what's happening in 2024? Go back to the scriptures. The Holy Spirit will show you what is his, what is Christ, and he will show us things to come relative to what Jesus said that are his, that he received from the Father. And, and, And when we begin to see that, that these things are happening uh, for a reason. These are telltale signs, unmistakable signs of the coming of the Son of Man. It's very important that we just don't go fishing and, and try to find out certain events that are certain that are certain to come and certain to happen that we may know the not know the players nor the events. But these events we do know about. What false Christs and prophets. Wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, persecution, more false prophets, lawlessness, and more of the true preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ before. And then Jesus said, then the end shall come. And that's Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. So so let's uh, uh, be careful about the uh, interpretation of the scriptures and, and interpreting the, the word of God and be careful about uh, recognizing uh, uh, certain things that are happening and, and, and not be so alarmed by them. And that's another thing that we have to understand is that we are not to be troubled by these things. We're not to be troubled or, 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 or overly concerned or worried about these things. These events must happen. Why? Because the Son of Man is about to come. So uh, get ready. We're going to see more things happen. And you may not be privileged to know, but more things are happening. And, and one thing one thing more, that you need to be ready and not get ready. Because if you be ready, you'll never, if, you, if you're trying to get ready, you'll never be ready. You've been listening to Prevailing Wood Ministries on the Prevailing Wood Podcast channel. We're on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, and Spreaker. Please visit our website at prevailingwoodministries.net. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening.